What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. I'm so sorry for the long break. We were gone for over a month, and that is completely and utterly my bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, first things first, follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I am database, based with two S's. It's Ben's birthday today, the day that we're recording this. It is Ben's birthday. What day of the week is this, Ben? Or what? Oh, it's October 5th. Uh, October 5th. Ben has turned the tender age of 18. Can you believe we've had him and we've been using him for child labor for these last three years? It's crazy. So he's just turned 18. Uh, that's not true. Anyway, happy birthday to Ben. Thank you for coming out on the day of your birthday. That's, that's just how we do. We be working. Uh, you can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat, and you can check out YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat, where you're going to see our guest today, Nacho Picasso, performing. Uh, Facebook.com slash Kinda Neat, and uh, what else? Kinda, everything wrapped up in a pretty package at KindaNeat.net. Oh, it's been so long since I've talked to you guys. I'm so sorry. Um just life has been getting in the way as of late. Um, last we checked in for the uh, internet podcast, I was just on my way home and I went home at the end of August and was there for about a week or eight days and not the best trip. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I go home and I, and I, I'm always excited to go home and then I'm, and then I get there and then I realize I I start to remember the reason that I moved. Like I just don't have, um, a good set of coping strategies to deal with my craziness and my depression when I'm home. Cause like when I'm in California, I know, Oh, I feel like shit. Okay. I need to go either do something physical or like go to the beach or go be in the sun, like go jump, like uh, jumping in the ocean uh, as crazy sounds as like an antidepressant for me. Like it feels great. I go out and catch some sun and get in the water and I feel good. Or I go, uh, work out and I feel good. I feel better. And at home, I don't have that. Uh, There's no, um, there's, there's no water to jump in and there's no, the, the, while I was there, there was no sun to speak of. It was raining most of the time. Uh, I don't have a lot of friends that I keep in contact with up there anymore. So, and then, and the whole time that I was there, it was more to just kind of help around the house and help my folks out. And, um, you know, it's a downer to go home and see the, my dad's, the progress of the Alzheimer's on my dad is a downer. Uh, it's getting pretty bad. And, um, you know, to be like my brother and I got into a big fight, which kind of always happens every time I'm there. And, uh, which is crazy because we're real good over the phone. We're, we're very good and can talk to each other and are close over the phone. But for some reason, uh, if we are around each other for more than about 48 hours, like we always end up having an explosive fight. And so that happened of course. And, um, so yeah, I got home. I got home like not or I got home I got home to LA from being home in Alaska just like you know already feeling kind of like ugh the like that was a downer of a trip and then uh I had some work the week that I got home and then and then I got a phone call that my grandmother had fallen like either down the stairs or somewhere we don't really know like she basically took an ambient and fell somewhere and kind of like filleted her forearm like a 
like imagine cutting a chicken breast in half like she had a big gouge on on her forearm and uh, her neighbors found her out in the yard and it was very scary and so you know i went up there uh just to kind of help out not not knowing what the situation was like and i ended up staying for two weeks kind of like nursing her back to health i guess and then my aunt came and took over so you know i was gone for a week at home then i worked for a week when i got back and then i was gone for another two weeks and then right after that uh I had more work and then, uh, and, and, and that would took another two weeks out. And so now here we are finally, uh, with some free time, but you know, being in Ohio with my grandmother was, that was very emotionally taxing. And it was, uh, I couldn't really do a lot up there as far as like planning out the podcast stuff. Cause I didn't know when I was going to be back, uh, in LA, it's an hour and a half, like Northeast of Los Angeles. And you know, it was real sad. Like she's getting old and, and like, if you guys have been following along, you know, her husband just died in January, which was very sad. Um, and, uh, you know, she's living in this fucking giant home alone. And so I had to have some like very real conversations with her about like, you know, do you think that we, that this is feasible to keep living alone? And that's not an easy conversation to have with somebody. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, then I got back and it's been so goddamn hot and I don't have air conditioning and I, I had a fucking retouching job where I worked for a straight week out of my house, like 10 hours a day, just retouching photos, uh, for a rush. And, and it was like a hundred degrees in my house. And all I'm doing is complaining right now. And it sounds miserable, but life is good, man. Cause now work has cleared up and I have some free time with some money in my pocket. And, uh, and the weather is still nice, but not so overbearing. And I'm actually, I've been complaining about having no air conditioning in my apartment now for five years because I've lived in that apartment for five years. And I've actually gotten up off my ass and I'm looking at new apartments. So that is something. Maybe I'll be moving. Maybe you guys will be hearing about me moving because I'm tired of driving all the way across town to the studio because essentially this is the only like, this is the only um stable location that I work out of, uh, meaning that like all of my photo jobs are everywhere across the country, um, and the state or whatever. And so they're never in the same place. So I don't go to like a normal, I don't go to a job ever other than I come here and here is all the way across town. It takes me a long time to get to the studio. So I'm thinking about moving maybe closer to over here. And, uh, that's what, that's, that's something that's been happening. Uh, what else? Oh, the crazy. Okay. So that's, this is what I forgot to tell you after, um, I left my grandmother's house. I've had tendonitis in my shoulder for like about a year because it's October right now. And I went to the doctor in October of last year, um, to get a checkup just to like, tell him like, yo, my fucking shoulder hurts. You know? And he's like, Oh, you just have tendonitis. Like take Advil twice a day and ice it and hopefully it goes away. And I'm like, Oh, can I get a cortisone shot or something? He's like, no, you'd have to, you have to go to physical therapy and then they'll decide if you need that. But I didn't want to fucking go to physical therapy. I don't have time for that shit. So I didn't go. I just was like trying to nurse myself back to health by doing back exercises and stuff like that to pull my shoulder back so that my tendon wouldn't be rubbing against it. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, it was getting better after it had been almost a year and it was starting to feel better. And I had started doing bench presses again and like using my arm or like using uh, my shoulder more at the gym because I had been avoiding using it. And uh, and then when I went up to my grandmother's house, um, I had been going pretty hard, I guess, at the gym the couple like a week before that. And then I took a couple weeks off and then like 
I got home from her house back to LA on a Thursday and I went to the beach on Friday and just had, had a normal kind of like just swam around. I guess I was swimming, yeah, I guess more than I usually would because the water was really warm, but nothing crazy. And then uh, I go to bed that night and I wake up in the middle of the night in like extreme frantic pain, like like panic pain. Uh, and I couldn't get comfortable. My shoulder was fucking killing me and I realized I couldn't lift my arm up. And so... I'm like freaking out trying to get back to sleep. I couldn't get back to sleep because I was in so much pain. And I'm like worried about, um, it, it was a, it was a Saturday and I'm like trying to figure out how I'm going to get into the doctor's office. Cause I knew my primary care physician wouldn't be there, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of lay in bed restlessly for however many hours until the sun comes up and I get up and start like Googling and figuring out what to do. And, um, the, I go to urgent care and I'm, I'm telling you like when I'm, when I stand up with this injury, I couldn't move my arm forward at the shoulder more than two inches. And I couldn't try to lift it out to the side more than two inches. Like I couldn't move it. It was just frozen and it was crazy pain. Like it was a resting pain of like five out of 10. And if I tried to move it or if something accidentally moved my arm, it was like a straight 10 out of 10 pain. I could only like bend my arm at the elbow, but I had a, a photo shoot to go do on Monday. So uh, I went to the doctor on Saturday. He gave me some, you know, whack anti-inflammatories that did nothing. And then some muscle relaxers that was supposed to put me to sleep at night. Um, but I was having to like take two of them and eat edibles just to sleep through the night because the pain was so bad until finally I went to uh, the orthopedic doctor on Wednesday on that Wednesday. And, um, he starts twisting my arm around and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. I like, I'm, oh, I like freaked out. He twisted my arm all crazy and I was in so much pain that I, I like grabbed his arm. I probably bruised him from like, from just squeezing so hard cause it hurt. And, um, and he's like, oh yeah, okay. I can tell that, you know, you're not faking. Some people want to like fake it when they get a shoulder injury so they can get a shot or something. He's like, but you look to be in a lot of pain. I'm like, I am in so much fucking pain. And he, without even thinking, he's just like, okay, cool turn around and gives me a cortisone shot and um immediately after getting the cortisone shot like the resting pain kind of went away like just standing up my shoulder didn't hurt that much anymore and um within three days it was like perfect and my arm is perfect and, and i'm telling you uh like i kind of brushed over that shoulder uh, i mean i brushed over that story kind of quick because i've told it so many times now but i was like fucking panicking for those four days before i could get into the orthopedic doctor i was like I was like, I would rather die than live in this pain. Or I was like, if this pain is going to be forever, then I'm I'm going to get my arm amputated. Like I, I was like freaking the fuck out thinking that it was never going to go away. And, um, you know, or, and I was worried that if it was a rotator cuff tear that I was going to need surgery, but thankfully the cortisone shot took the inflammation away and now I feel great. So that being said, all the shitty shit that happened over the last month seems to be kind of easing down and getting out of the way. And now I can get back to normal life, which includes, uh, doing kind of neat. Uh, so that's why I've been gone for a month and I'm sorry for that guys. But today we had on a guest who I'm a fan of. His name is Nacho Picasso. He's from Seattle. And uh, he's been killing it since around 2010 or so. He's done a bunch of projects with Blue Sky Black Death. Um, and he put out three records this year already. One of them is Blunt Raps 2, which is uh, just came out, I think, in like June maybe. And then he had uh, Stoned and Dethroned, which came out earlier this year, like January, February. That's the one. That's the project that I really have like have become a believer about like that one really put me on to him like oh this this dude is the truth um and so yeah we had a great conversation he's had a pretty crazy life um 
and you know really easy to talk to just uh had had a ton of great stories so i think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast and hopefully uh, you will go to our youtube channel youtube.com slash kind of neat and check out his video uh with that being said i'm glad to be back uh ho- hopefully we'll keep it on a roll i would love to like do nine weeks in a row and just reach uh episode number 100 so we'll see how we do uh, remember, you can tweet at us or you can fucking email me if you look on the YouTube channel. You can do whatever. And um, tell me about who you want to see on the show because uh, that's been helpful. Uh, and so, you know, like I admitted on Twitter, it's it's been getting harder to keep curating this shit and, like, find guests that I think you guys will like and that I also like. And and uh, it's this delicate balance where, like, I don't, I don't want to, like, lower my standards of people to have on the show just to do an episode. I'd rather go silent for a couple of weeks if we have to just to keep the quality control uh up to snuff you know what i mean but anyway my quality control is on on hit for this episode and uh without further ado here is the interview with nacho picasso what are you out here in la for man a peace of mind. Peace you know, of mind. Uh, what they say, women, weed, and weather. Women, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. How's it been? How long have you been out here? Um, I got in, I think I got in Friday or Saturday. Yeah. What's today, Sunday? Today's Monday. Oh, shit. Yeah, we, you were close. <laughs> it's, it's, always, it's, always, it's always Sunday. Every day is Saturday. So I, I must have got in Saturday, and then I just slept at the studio. I did like two, three songs. Right. And, uh, and, I finally escaped the studio this morning. Right. So, yeah. You stay with family out here? Yeah, my sister's out here in, in uh, Santa Monica. How many sisters do you have? Um, Three. Three sisters? Yeah. Are you, are you the only boy? Yeah. Yeah, and so what, are you the baby or are you the No, middle? I'm, I'm, I'm the—they uh, treat me like I'm the baby, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest? Are they all from the same parents? Oh, hell no. Nah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's hear that. So, uh, I have a sister. Yeah. And uh, we came out the same vagina. Both different dads? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're niggas. <laughs> um, so I have a sister, yeah. same vagina. Yeah. And her dad was a nigga from Oakland. Uh-huh. Rest in peace, Muhammad. He had gold teeth. First nigga with gold teeth I seen. This was like in 92. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, um, and so my sister has two half-sisters on her dad. So Okay. They're twins. Oh, okay. But they're all just... I feel like they're all triplets. They're all pretty much the same. So did you person. grow up with all of them? Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in the same house as uh Savannah. That's my um the one that came out the same vagina as me. Yeah. And then um So while the other two aren't you aren't technically blood related to yeah, them, they still, still feel like sisters. sisters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. They look exactly like my sister, sound like my sister. Okay. And uh yeah, they're still my little sisters. Yeah. so your mom What's up with your dad? Uh, he passed when I was 15. He he passed. Uh, he died of AIDS. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He was a, a artist and a poet. Uh-huh. He was from the East Coast. How did how, your folks meet? Where'd they meet at? They met in San Francisco. So both my parents was from the East Coast. My mom was from the Bronx and my dad was from Boston. Okay. And somehow they met in, a, they met in um, San Francisco where I was born. How did they end up there? From the East Coast, uh, shit, I don't, 
I don't know a lot about my dad. Really? Uh, I think the nigga was just burning all his bridges and then and ended up in uh, San Francisco. Right. And then my mom, my mom was like 20. Uh-huh. And uh, she thought, she, she, you know, she's an artist, a little hippie chick. Uh-huh. Uh, San Francisco was the place to be for them. Right, right. And uh, I think he like wrote her a poem or some simp shit. <laughs> And uh, it worked, obviously. Yeah. So was he older than her? The same. Yeah, age? he was fucking. He he was he like he was like me. He liked uh, younger chicks. There you go. Because my mom was like twenty. Yeah. I want to say my dad was like thirty two. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he's you know black don't crack. Right. You know. Right. He looked like that Michael Ealy nigga. He was one of them green eyed, <laughs> slick poetry writing motherfuckers. Okay. So so they meet in San Francisco, and was it like, were they dating for a while? Did they try to get married or anything like that? Or was it just like, oops? I've never even seen my parents hug before. It's, really? Uh, I think they were in love. Yeah. I think the honeymoon was over real fast. Right. You know, my dad, my dad was into heroin, and oh. they lived in fucking Fillmore yeah. in the 80s. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was probably not the easiest place to uh, have a happy relationship. But um yeah, my dad was really into drugs, man. That's that's he was I probably seen him like once every five to seven years. I'm I'm talking about I didn't have a phone number for that nigga. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You told me in the car that you moved from San Francisco when you were three. Yeah. Right? So like was he I, I know that you probably wouldn't remember this, but do you know from hearsay like whether or not he was around during those three years that you were there? Um, yeah, he was around, he was, uh, smoking up the rent and uh, doing shit like that. So what happened was, uh... What was your mom doing to pay rent? She was working. She was still young, you yeah. know, young, little naive, yellow chick. Right. You know how them light-skinned girls be. I don't, but... They be painting pictures and just <laughs> dreaming. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she was trying to, you know, I'm sure they were doing fine until I came along. Right. You know, and then once I came along... That mother intuition kicked in, and she was like, "Yo, right. we gotta get the fuck out of here." So she had like a, she had um, a, a one way ticket to Seattle. Mm-hmm. How'd she get it? You know that she, she bought the ticket, but she didn't tell the nigga we was leaving. Mm-hmm. So I guess he stumbles up uh, across the uh, the ticket, the ticket, right? And uh, just lost it. You oh know? shit! Lost it. My mom uh, wakes up. I think she got knocked out. <laughs> she, so you beat her up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my dad's a poet, so I don't yeah. know how the fuck he pulled that one off. Because my mom's tough as fuck. But he was just angry, so she wakes up, and I'm gone. Yeah. Little three-year-old Nacho. This nigga, so at least I knew that the nigga had loved me at some point. Because he tried to take you. He tried to take me, and it took them niggas, I think they found me in Oakland. To, and uh, my mom said she she finally tracked me down. You know, after like two weeks, like we done missed the flight. Holy shit! Yeah, he was he out was of gone here. for two weeks. And uh, she says she found me in Oakland at his friends, and I think he knocked her out again. And no she said, way! This time she woke up and I was there. So this time he was like, you know, I had my fair, I had my fair share of this. So you could have him back or what? Well, yeah, he's like, all right, you found him. Yeah, but you know, but take this one for the road. Yeah, take this one for the road. That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, so then you guys dip up to Seattle. Yeah, and that's all I really remember. Yeah, you know, um, I'm uh, I'm a Seattleite because you know I was like three years old. Right, that's home. I remember I I had a uh, I'm one one thing about uh, San Francisco. I guess I went to this hood ass daycare. Right, and uh, kids probably bullied me and shit. 
And I had dreadlocks and shit. No one else had dreadlocks. My mom was like oh, a roster. Oh, even as a kid? Yeah, as yeah. a baby. So they're making fun of my little dreads and shit. So uh, one day, uh, I think it was before Halloween, I went painted a, as a tiger. Huh. Had my face painted. And like the nigga who was bullying me, all the kids started crying. So then every day after that, I was like, yo... I wanted to be. I wanted to go to daycare, <laughs> painted oh, as a tiger. Day, yeah, like bitch, she's kept the niggas off me. <laughs> you got you got to paint my face again. You want me to go to this hood ass daycare? I wonder if that's where the desire to get so tattooed came from. Man, that might have been because you know, I growing up, uh, I didn't know nobody with tattoos. Right, and I would and even in elementary school, I would rot, write on my skin. And yeah, yeah. Every I'd write J Dog. Uh-huh. I would draw the little. Uh, Little dog from Snoop, the Doggy Style album. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would just write sleeves in black marker, right? And uh, my mom would try to wash it off every night. I would do that shit, right? Well, because like our generation, that like being tattooed head to toe was not a thing when we were growing up. Nah. Like, think about it. The most tattooed rapper back in the day was Tupac, and when you see a picture of Tupac, like he's got barely any tattoos. <laughs> right. Like I got more, way more tattoos than Tupac. Yeah, man. I. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think in my past life, I was like a biker or something. Yeah. Because my whole life, I wanted tattoos. Right. And like seventh grade, I really, really wanted a real tattoo. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, you know, ask your dad, which is the mother's answer to everything. Right. So at the time, the nigga just got out of uh, jail uh-huh. out in, um, I don't know where he was at. He was in Frisco. Uh-huh. I don't know where the fuck. Uh, they locked him up at. So he gets out of jail, and I'm like, you know, my mom's quick answer, ask your dad. I asked this nigga, I was like, can I get a tattoo? He's like, shit, I don't give a fuck. I was locked up with a, a dude that had a dragon tatted on his whole body. Uh-huh. That's how he talked, because he was from Boston. Right. Uh, a dragon on his whole body. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got my first tattoo in seventh grade. What's it like when you first get up to Seattle, though? Like, with the daycare shit, like, what was your mom doing? What was she, where was she working? When we first got to yeah, Seattle? Yeah, when you guys first got there, like, how was she staying afloat? She's working at a bar. Yeah. She's working at a bar, and she said, uh, in Seattle, I was like the little sucker in San Francisco. Yeah. I was always crying at daycare. She said when she when we got to Seattle, every time she came to pick me up, I was in the bathroom for cussing. I was, like, always on timeout. So uh, I came to Seattle. With a and, bad attitude. Yeah, I, I thought it was the Fillmore daycare, and, yeah. and it wasn't. So I just went, and I was just always in trouble uh-huh. once I got to Seattle. Yeah. You know, everyone was a little more chill. I finally got her to cut them goddamn dreads off so kids would stop putting sand and shit in my hair. And I was right. like, all right, well, fuck shit up. And so where did you get in where you fit in, like, during elementary school and shit? Like, you're a big dude now, like we were talking about. Like, were you always, like, a, one of the bigger kids? Like, I was were always you one of the smallest. Yeah. I was always af- athletic. Yeah. Because, you know, that's kind of what you got to do in, like, the neighborhood. Everyone plays rotary right. or football or, you know. And so I was athletic, but I was always the smallest. Like, when I was born, I was born premature. They had me on, like, the little, I was, like, uh, you know, like. You had to be, small, like, an incubator, incubator or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, in middle school, I think I was, like, 70 pounds. Yeah. I think freshman year I was 105 pounds. Right. Because I wrestled and I was 105 pounds. Right. So uh, I just lifted weights like crazy. What was the neighborhood like that you guys moved to in Seattle? Because I picture everything in Seattle as being like pretty nice. You That's what me? my mom thought. Yeah. So we moved to Jackson. It's the central district when we first got up here. Yeah. We moved to uh, Jackson. And uh, I guess the house prior was a crack house. Oh, shit. 
So my mom said uh, she had to get a gun because niggas were still coming, knocking on the door for crack and doing weird shit. So she lived in Seattle a little bit when she was younger. Uh-huh. So she thought she was going back to the Seattle of the 70s. Uh-huh. So this is now like 1990 uh-huh. or late 80s. And it was a totally different Seattle. Oh, what was the rest of the neighborhood like? Was it mostly white folks? Was it black folks? It's mostly it... black. Really? Yeah. yeah. At the time, it was the primarily black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's gentr- gentrified mm-hmm. quite a bit, but it's still the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's still the hood, but uh, it's really gentrified a lot out there. Like, I can't even point out my fucking house no more when I drive by. Right. It's right. not the same neighborhood, but it's still the hood. Yeah. They ain't never going to get them old black ladies out out the neighborhood, they're never gonna sell their house. And that old black lady got about thirty gang member grandsons living in her basement. So we're still gonna be the hood, but do you uh did you guys have other did she have other family out there, like other support system, grandmothers or cousins or anything like that? She had a mother. Yeah. She had and that's my my white grandma who I love mm-hmm. loved a lot. She 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 smoothed everything out. So as a kid, I didn't really notice how bad we had it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know I had that grandma make Christmas mm-hmm. birthdays, uh, yeah I didn't notice, and then she died when I was nine, mm. and then just the shit hit the fan. And man. Then you realize like w- like what it was. Well, I didn't mind not having a dad because none of my niggas had a dad. Right. You know we grew up in the crack era. Yeah, I was lucky to have a mom. Most of my niggas stayed at the grandma's house. <laughs> so I was right. like, well, I got a mom. None of us got dads, so we ain't, we ain't, you know, it wasn't too much until I got older. That shit hit a lot harder as, almost when you don't need a dad is when you realize that you need a dad, you know? But right. as a kid, it didn't bother me so much. Right. So, I had a grandma, and then she died, and then, uh, next thing I know, social services are coming to the house. Why? Uh, CPS. Oh, man. Why not? Yeah. You know, it's like my mom, in her defense, she was a young single mother with not a lot of help. Yeah, and she already had your younger sister at that no, point, or no? It was just me. Yeah, and uh, I guess shit, shit was fucked up. I'll say that. You know, we're, first off, we're poor. We're poor as fuck. Right. And uh, shit ain't gonna be all happy when niggas is poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think our house was dirty a lot, so. Well, school, I, I, I didn't go to school a lot, even in elementary school. Like, you would just skip or what? Yeah. What would you go do? Smoke weed with the older kids. Wow. <laughs> like as like a f- the third, fourth grader? Like what? I first smoked weed when I was nine. Holy shit, that's young. On Christmas with my mom. Oh, wow. Her, her boyfriend had stole all my presents. Mm. You know, the nigga was kind of abusive to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, you know, you tell, you tell your mom some shit. And uh, the nigga's still there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not even going to tell this lady that this nigga's kicking my ass when she ain't looking. Mm-hmm. So one day I'm just like, enough is enough, man. And I told on the nigga, and uh, he just, like Christmas Eve, knocked down my Christmas trees, took my presents, like a, a reverse Santa, like an evil black <laughs> Santa. <laughs> the, nigga, like, the, nigga, the nigga had a had a uh, black hefty bag with all my presents. I'm not even trying to stop the nigga because I'm like, I know this nigga ain't about to take my presents. So I run down Christmas Day and expect to see some presents. Like, this got to be a joke. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't no presents. So my mom was felt bad and it was just us. So she like, you know, made, you know, passed me the joint. We smoked. 
and my old toys became new toys. Now remember, wow. I was laying on my back playing with my Ninja Turtles, and I'm like, man, these are. I don't even need no new toys. I just need this little weed and all my old toys are new You're toys. You're like, yo, have you ever played with Ninja Turtles? But have you ever played with Ninja Turtles <laughs> all, all weed? weed? <laughs> oh, that's a, that to me is like a horrifically dark story, but told in a charming and, and hilarious way. Like I laughed because it's, it's like you made it funny, but that's fucking dark, man. That like here, here you are this fucking kid and your, your grandmother has just passed and you're fucking just passed dude. And your, your mom's boyfriend's beating you up and steals your presence. Like what the fuck? That's yeah. crazy as fuck. It was, it was rough, but shit was just rough like forever. Yeah. So like, I, and I think that's that's what makes me who I am now. So you, you liked the weed instantly, instantly, uh, a, and so you. I never like, stopped smoking. So you're like, fuck school. I'm gonna go smoke weed with the homies. Well, what, what would happen was is uh, the older kids in the neighborhood liked me because I was the only nine, ten year old kid doing the bad shit that high schoolers were doing. Right. I just had, I didn't have a curfew. I had that freedom. Well, you know? And then you didn't have a dad around. So maybe you, you were trying to like impress the older kids that just to have older male influences around or something. Maybe you think, I don't know. I think I really just wanted to smoke their weed. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so like I would wake up early. Yeah. So, you know, high school starts before elementary school. Yeah. yeah. So I would wake up early and go to the bus stop at like seven where the older niggas were yeah. and they would smoke blunts uh -huh. before school. And I would smoke the blunts with them, but then I would get all tired from the weed and go back home and fall asleep and miss my school bus. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I feel like you're a pretty smart dude. You're well-spoken. Like, w did you excel at school when you did go? Like, did Oh, yeah. I had. I, I was always smart. Yeah. Um, I can't do math to save my life unless we're talking about, like, American money thing. or right. drugs. But, yeah. like, history and language arts mm. like even in high school i was like 3.0 3.5 mm. and they would call my little name because i went to a hood ass school but i went to a white middle school mm. so i everything that they were teaching us in high school was the shit they was teaching me in middle school so i was like this is i don't even have to go to class to get a fucking b in this shit mm. I, I know this shit history don't change so i i would excel in high school but it was only because they had so much, so low expectations right, for us. Right. So my niggas would be like, how is this nigga getting called for these awards and he's outside shooting dice with us? Right. I'm just like, it's easy. So the high school was pretty shitty that you went to? Or? Oh, yeah. Really? It was, I mean, I I don't feel like I, I, I graduated and shit. Yeah. I feel like if I went to any other school in Seattle... I maybe wouldn't have graduated. Really? I graduated with honors from Cleveland. Oh, no shit. <laughs> they didn't expect shit from yeah. us. <laughs> All you had to do is write your name, right. fucking get the date right, nigga, and you're already in the upper 50% <laughs> So the the thing that you told me that in the car that surprised me, I didn't realize that there's like a lot of gang activity in Seattle. Yeah, man, it's fucking... We're fucking late to the party, man. Yeah. It's 97 right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you, you you grew up around a lot of kids that end up in gang stuff? Oh, yeah. Almost everybody's from something. Right. You know? But the thing about Seattle is you could, like, you could, you could, you could shoot an opposite nigga. Uh-huh. And not realize that you fuck with his family. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not that many black people in Seattle. Mm. So, like, either way, we got the six degrees of separation, not the Kevin Bacon shit. Mm -hmm. We got that Kevin Bacon shit. So, like, a lot of the time, I might get in a fight with some niggas I never met in my life. Yeah. And then wake up to hella texts like, nigga, you 
fucking hit my little brother in the face last night. And right. I'm like, well, damn, your little brother's a little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna lay off, you know. I mean, that's that's something that kept coming up in the in the in the ride over too. Is like, you you sound like a fighter. You fight a lot. I'm a fighter, but I'm not even tough, man. But, but like, where does when did you start fighting? Would you remember your first fight? Yeah, I got fucked up, man. I remember second grade, these motherfucking fifth graders, mm-hmm. like, beat the shit out of me, ripped my clothes. It was like some Jackie Chan rumble in the Bronx shit. <laughs> I was getting hit from every corner. And, uh, man, I'm pretty good at fighting one-on-one. I get jumped a lot. I've never won a fight where I, I had to fight multiple people. Yeah. I get tunnel vision. I whoop that one nigga's ass while everybody else kicks me in the back of the fucking head. Uh-huh. But if it's one-on-one, I can hold my own, man. Right. Well, so, yeah, how do, how do you learn to fight? Is it just trial? Get your ass kicked. Just trial under fire. <laughs> yeah. Because well, that's the thing. Is, it sounds like, I, I, who were your male influences? Like, did you have a male influence around? Like, going like, oh, hey, man, here's how you fucking defend yourself? My sister's dad. Yeah. And he was only around very shortly. Yeah. When did he come around? He came around, oh, man, I, I was, it was before I got taken away by uh, the state. Huh. So I was maybe nine. Yeah. Well, no, I was like eight or seven because my sister's a little younger than me, like nine years. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, he used to box with Muhammad Ali because oh, he was wow. like, he was a Muslim brother. Yeah. And he had all these pictures of him and Muhammad Ali and he was an ex-boxer and he used to, uh, make me watch black exploitation movies like yeah, Dolomite yeah. and he taught me how to throw my first little punches and I don't think no one else really taught me how to fight after that yeah so I kind of always I, I got I got some quick hands were, <laughs> like were you a bully in a sense like were you starting a lot of fights or, or mm-hmm. did fights just come your way um well, I'm light-skinned, and I'm kind of pretty. Yeah. So I didn't have to start fights, you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? I just right. had to finish them. And I'm also that—I'm a troll. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll know that I'm being obnoxious, and then I'll just keep pushing those buttons till somebody fights me sometimes. But most of the time, it's just—I bully bullies. Right. So, like, I'll be nice to the so little So you're nerd. like a Robin Hood type motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I'll watch some dude punk some other dude, yeah. and then I'll— be on the nerd side, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll be your Huckleberry nigga. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, even if you win, you're going to wake up and before you open your eyes, you're going to know you've been in a fight. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even about winning anymore. It's just about getting your point across. Right, right. Uh, so you, you mentioned just a second ago that, like, the state came in. Like, at, at what point was that where CIS comes and says, all right, this household isn't fit for you anymore, and then what happens? They were coming for years, you know? So, like, mom wakes you up. She's like, get up. You got to clean up. CPS is coming today. I was just used to that shit. Uh (laughs) By the time I was, like, in elementary, I was like, all right. I thought it was, like, a regular house inspection. I was like, all right, we got to get the motherfucking uh, fire alarms and, you know, clean Uh, up. Yeah, so you, like, had your your checklist that you knew we got to just get by the skin of our teeth. They were always coming to us. Everyone was telling on us instead of helping us, though, in my mom's defense, because I know now that I'm older, I'm not mad at her. Mm-hmm. I was mad at her growing up. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, now in my mom's defense, like, all these people are snitching, mm. but them same people could have came and lended a hand. We right. didn't have no money. We didn't have no food. Right. You know, she got what really fucked us up is she got in a car accident and almost died. Oh, shit. And so she wasn't able to work no more. When was that? Um, Like, fucking... Right before my sister was born, so... You must have been, like... I was, like, 10. 
Yeah, it sounds like a lot of bad shit was just happening to her in general around yeah. that time. Her mom dies, car accident, abusive boyfriend, all this fucking and crazy And you also got to know, like, with my mom, she moved out when she was 13 and never came home. Mm. So she, her... She had to learn it all on her own. Man, I got in trouble seventh grade for calling a girl a bitch. Yeah. We have a parent-teacher conference. After everybody leaves, my vice principal says, Jennifer, you don't recognize me? My mom's like, nah. And then the the principal looks at me. She's I'm in seventh grade. She said, when your mom was in seventh grade, I caught her in the bathroom with a pound of weed oh, and a line around the bathroom. And she's like, I could have called the police on her, but I, I let her go home. Oh shit! And so she, she was like, don't you know? Don't be too hard on the nigga. Like, yeah. I'm just calling girls bitches, and I'm getting in trouble. Right. You had a fucking pound of weed, bitch. I ain't even touch a pound of weed till I was like in high school. I yeah, looked at my mom crazy. like, damn, nigga, you was moving weight, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Pound of weed in Yo, seventh grade. Yeah, that is crazy. That's a lot of weed. I was pinching her weed, trying yeah. to roll fucking little pinner blunts. Right, this right, lady right. had a pound. My mom was a boss. Yeah, that's crazy. When they come in and that the checklist of like let's get by doesn't work, what happens? Man, I just know one day. Yeah. Uh, one of my distant family members on my uh, on my white side because mm-hmm. my mom's half white. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked me up from my nigga's house and basically he was just like you're coming with us and you're not you know you can't go home mm-hmm. I didn't really know why and uh, once the courts step in you know that's what it is what uh, yeah how, I mean how does that work I don't know I don't understand it does are there repercussions for your mom with that like did she have to go away or anything like that or, or so they it- stripped her of her of her uh, parental rights okay which was fucked up, you know? Yeah, but she stays in the same house and everything, and they tell, like, or, or what happens to that? Well, uh, uh, I think we're on welfare and shit, uh, so she loses money for having us. Uh, but, you know, she was disabled and shit, so she still had a little bit of money. But, no, she had to move out and shit. I was gone for, like, three, four years. Stand, but staying with the white family members, or were you in foster Thank homes? Thank God they yeah. took me, because at okay. first, it's like you're in the system. Yeah. You go to, like, these group homes. Oh, geez. And that's, like, fucking... That's like fucking Oz meets The Wire. It's like prison shit for kids. Yeah. Oh, man, it's worse. Yeah. They're like the worst fucking kids. And they just throw you all in together. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like some of these niggas are like 15. Yeah. And you're like a 60-pound 10-year-old. It's it's It was like straight up OG Bobby Johnson. Yeah. When the little nigga jumped off the bed and he was like, deuce here. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but uh, luckily— How long were you in there? Oh, not very long. Just a couple days or something? My fucking— uh, I had I had um some like a first cousin mm-hmm. who already had some kids and she snatched me up, mm-hmm. but she wasn't able to take my sister. You know my it's a big difference between taking an eleven year old and a three year old. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, someone else took my sister. My sister got shipped to Hawaii. Oh shit! And you gotta understand who's my, out there. My mom's sister was out there. Okay. And uh, me and my sister, we were like inseparable. You know, even though she was a little baby, I took her everywhere. Right. And um, fuck, for them to send her all the way to Hawaii was, she came back talking parrot talk and shit. I was fucking pissed. Oh, pigeon? Yeah, is that pigeon, what it is? Yeah, pigeon, pigeon talk. talk. Hey. Like, what the fuck are you saying everything backwards for, you hey, little brother. bitch? Yeah. <laughs> what time it is, brother? <laughs> I said, man, what the fuck is what they hey, do to my sister? It's good, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to get that shit. We had to get that shit out. That's crazy. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, damn, so wait, so how long was she out there? 
about three or four three years. years. So, th- so after three or four years of living with your family in Seattle, uh, the white side of the family, mom, like you get to go back with mom. Or Got what? to go back to mom, dude. What Fuck. were those three years like? Chores, homework. So it was structured. It was very structured. Very structured. Who, and it was three her, sports a year. It was who's. It was an uncle or a great uncle or a great aunt or something. It would be, it would be my mom's cousin. So oh. my grandma. All right, let me make it a little more simpler. So her, my mom's mom, yeah, and her mom were sisters. Yeah, so it's your great aunt, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so I don't know what to call was there, her. So they had a very structured family life where there was like a, a clear, like there's a dad, a dinner mom, time. dinner time. How was that for you? Did you I like fucking it? Fucking hated it. You hated it. So you did you rebel against it? No, no, no. Because I also you got to think I've never lived with a male before. I've yeah, never how had was a, that? It was scary. I've never. Never had to live with a man. So, mind you, my aunt's husband's like a six, seven, loud, big black dude. Oh, shit. Man, I did everything that motherfucker. You motherfucker chores ain't done? I'm pure. Uh, man, I, I, was, I needed Xanax for those next year. But it also structured me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I did shit that everyone else takes for granted. Were you going to school more frequently at that time? Oh, man, I was in school every goddamn day. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, you know, you had to clean up your act for a while. life for, like, yeah. three years. But you didn't like it? No. I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even smoke weed because I just felt like the niggas knew everything. So, like, if I smoked weed, I would have to spend a night at my friend's house. Right. But no sixth, seventh grader needs to be smoking that much weed anyway. Right. But, like... That's yeah. so funny because I I feel like in if if life were a Hollywood movie that would be the part where like the white family comes and saves you or something you know what I mean and I like, want to oh, be now, saved now my life is all better because you know Sandra Bullock came and fucking got me but you you, you, but would you, think, you, you didn't like it though well I appreciate it now that I'm older yeah and I'm semi I'm not really normal but yeah I'm. I'm semi normal. Right. You know, I had I had What's good three right. Yeah. I had about three or four years of structured regular life. Right. You know. And um and uh when I went back home, I was able to my mom didn't care if I did my homework or not, but I was able to I was still structured where I was like, Okay, I have to do my homework. Right. Not because anyone's making me do it. But it stuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah. And so you're doing sports and shit then too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wrestling is one. What else? Football. Yeah. Um, well growing up I played everything. Yeah. But once I got to high school I just stuck to football, wrestling, and track because track is like the thickest bitches ever. And it's right. the only co ed sport. Oh girl, you ran track? Come on, man. <laughs> and it's the only co ed sport. Yeah, yeah. So I'm over here playing football with all these funky ass niggas. Yeah. And then I'm wrestling, which is fucking sus as fuck. <laughs> hey, Wrestlers are a different. That's a different mindset, Dude. though, man. You got to be a little twisted to be a wrestler. I feel like that, or I don't know. It took me a minute to get over the weird ass outfit, right? But you got to understand, in my neighborhood, yeah, everybody was like Mayweather. All yeah. my cousins were like dark skinned crack baby niggas who just had hands, f- just fastest hands. Yeah. I couldn't box with nobody at Granny's house, right? So I was like, you know. I can't hoop. Hey, that's one thing about people that wrestle in high school can fight like a motherfucker. Nigga, I came back and avenged all my losses. Because one thing about the hood is everyone can box. I love that you just said avenged all my losses. Because we were talking about comic books earlier. That sounds like some comic book shit. I, had to, I came back and avenged all my losses. Dude, so like in my neighborhood, yeah. you fight. And when somebody goes down, they, all right, stand up. Stand up, niggas, from the shoulders, from the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I came back. 
I wasn't hearing none of that from the shoulder shit. Mm. I was getting niggas on the ground and I was pounding them yeah, fucking yeah. out. Right. Man, a fight's a fight. I'll bite yeah. your fucking nose off if I'm losing, man. Right. I'm going to fucking twist your nuts off. You know, off. I, got a, I have a younger <laughs> brother and we used to fight like cats and dogs and I would always beat the shit out of him until he started wrestling. And, and like by the time I came back from... Uh, you know, like he's like a junior in high school or mm-hmm. something. I'm still way bigger than him, but he's like a stud wrestler. That fool could beat the shit out of me all of a sudden. I'm like, damn, that is a that's a whole different like physicality with that. Dude, I almost got shot by some of my cousins coming back and avenging my losses. Yeah. These hood ass niggas didn't know how to take an L, man. Uh-huh. They didn't understand like I'm throwing them around. Uh-huh. And they're just like, you know, and it's just real common sense, like wrestling, like body positioning, yeah. you know, a nigga can't flip Leverage, you over. If you're, et cetera, et cetera. It's just easy shit. But these niggas are like, let me up, nigga. And like, yeah, they couldn't take that loss. I came back and wiped almost everybody, man. Niggas can't, a lot of people can't wrestle. Oh, it's it's definitely takes a different mindset. Absolutely. Uh, th- that You just brought up a kind of a crazy point, like a theme that was coming up a lot, though. You said that cousins almost shot you. It seems as though guns have been in your life for a while, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, when do you get a gun for your first time? Right before high school. How, like, how does that happen? I had a big homie. I had a big homie. Um, shout out to Jay Rue. He's he's in prison right now. Mm. Uh I don't know. I don't know if I think he. They tried to give him life, and he got off on like insanity. I think he's doing fifteen. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was like the older homie. He hung out with my cousins, and uh, I tried to hang out with them, and and they'd be like, "Nah, nigga, go home." Mm-hmm. And he was the one, you know. He was the one that kind of showed me the game. Mm-hmm. He'd pull up with bitches, like hood ass, big booty, side ponytail bitches, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "Get him, nigga," and like, "Let me get in the back seat and fuck him." But how old were you? He like ninth grade, eighth grade. Oh Jesus! Yeah, he's a good, good big homie. Yeah, yeah, you know, get, yeah. Got to get some fucking pussy, uh, and like he would like do weird shit. Like I'd walk home from the store, and he would like put his shirt over my head and kind of like just drag me into like some fucking bushes, and they'd be like, "Nigga, you're slipping, boy." Like he was one of those niggas. Like to stay on your toes. Yeah, right. Make sure that you're like always paying attention. To he didn't want me to be a square. I was always right. on the porch drawing pictures and. Reading comic books and he was like, "No, nigga, uh-huh. look look at where we're at, boy." So he he kind of just showed me more because my cousins would get in trouble for doing that shit. Uh-huh. So he was kind of just like the big homie to me, and uh, he gave me a little thirty eight special, real baby revolver, uh-huh. eighth grade, I think eighth or ninth. I think I was in eighth grade because I think by ninth I had a fucking I had a little uh, forty cal or something stupid. Wow, but yeah. He just and know, where do you hide that? Like how how do you keep your mom from finding out? My mom doesn't look for shit. She didn't care. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Come on, I, I just got back home. I mean, dude, when you're an eighth grader with a little fucking six shooter, like, does it just take all the strength in your body not to want to just go shoot it all the time, or what? Or like, no, it, it actually it actually had the opposite effect. And um, I'm not saying guns are good by any means, right? But I I realized. When I first got a gun at a young age, you let more shit go. Because, like, this dude's talking shit to you, you know? Mm-hmm. You got you got a gun in your pocket. You know what it's going to do. You know what I'm saying? You're like, this nigga's dumb as fuck. Yeah. This dude's trying to rob me or trying to talk shit about me. I could end this shit. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're thinking at this young age. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to end it. But mm-hmm. most little niggas are just airing shit out. 
But um, I don't. I don't think any kid should have no fucking gun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that seems like a very. Uh... Luckily, it had the opposite effect. It made me not want to shoot nobody. Just knowing that I'm safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't think any adults do you should feel, have guns. Do you feel safer having a gun? Or do you feel like it's some live by the sword, die by the sword shit? I do believe that having a gun... Well, I always used to say um, better to have it and not need it and need it and not have it. So, yeah, you feel safer. Mm -hmm. But you got to understand, if you pull out that gun, you got to... There's a lot of shit you got to answer to. That's the thing. I feel like if you pull it out in the wrong situation, then all of a sudden you got people coming back for you, maybe. Well, there's no reason to pull it out unless you're going to use right. it, and you shouldn't have it unless you're just defending yourself. Right, right. None of that flashing guns or shooting that shit in the air, that shit will get you killed. Right. Because if, you know, say somebody has their concealed permit, and you're a little nigga with a gun, you you over here with with one bullet, <laughs> right. you flash your gun. That nigga has the, uh, the right, right by law. To empty his fucking clip in your little ass, right? You know, yeah. So I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like if you got a gun, nobody should see your gun. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody should know you have a gun. It ain't, that ain't what you got it for. And I feel like if niggas know you got a gun, they gonna come at you with a gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they gonna skip that whole knuckle part, whole chest to chest part. Mm-hmm. So, so you graduate from high school. To, much to your surprise, it sounds like. Well, I knew I was. It was more much to everyone else's Else surprise. surprise. Yeah, I knew I was going to graduate. Yeah, were you? I mean, were you involved in like uh, lightweight criminal shit already in high school? Like, what were you doing in high school? Oh yeah, well, we just had to get Jordan money. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot uh, of spending money. So I, I used to steal my mom's weed, and then in the neighborhood growing up when I was young. If you were a little little nigga, mm-hmm. you could go to the older older niggas and give them like we would call it trips because mm-hmm. you know you give them a little money and they give you enough dope to triple up. Mm. So you know, get a little weed, sell it for forty bucks at school, go to the niggas' house, get about hundred and something worth of, of uh, some dope, mm-hmm. skip school in the morning. But get there by lunch with the new Jordans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't like, you know, anything right. too major. It's like everybody, who, it's not nothing. I don't really rap about selling dope because it's like, who hasn't? Right. Like in my environment, like the square to the square nigga is selling Xanax to his niggas in school. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, well, so I guess that leads to my question. When you get out of high school, did you. You had already had that that taste of like making money in a quicker way than than working or going to college, I guess. Maybe like, did you was college an option or were you gonna just like? I had go a couple street? letters. I had yeah. a couple letters for college. I knew that I wasn't gonna go to college for football or um, or wrestling or what? wrestling and like some little footballs. Yeah. Nothing major. Like, right, oh, right. come check out. Come check out Willamette University. Yeah, like, oh, come, come to this obscure Christian university <laughs> yeah. in Alabama or something like that. And I was just, I just knew I wasn't going to uh, be no school nigga. I knew I wasn't going to be no work nigga. I, like, I really only planned my life up to about, like, age 15. Really? So I've kind of been winging it ever yeah. since. Yeah, And I'm surprised that I'm even here this long, so I'm like, fuck. 
Yeah, because you said, like, right off jump, like, one of your first big tattoos, you just got the big vulture on your neck because you're like, I don't ever want to get a job, right? Yeah, when I was like, uh, and this was, like, a long time ago, like, before, like, everybody had tattoos everywhere. Yeah. And um, I was, like, 19, 20 with a vulture, a fucking vulture on my neck. I only yeah. had one job my whole life. I put that vulture on my neck. And I didn't even know I wanted to rap yet, yeah. but I knew I didn't. I, I ain't no worker bee. Mm. I, I don't want to. I, I got oppositional defiance disorder. Mm. You tell me to do something, and it depends on how you tell me. Mm-hmm. It could be something I'm already about to do, but I won't do it because the way you taught me to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm not gonna work. I don't know. In the back of my mind, I want to be honest. I probably did want to be a rapper. Yeah. But it wasn't anything I was pursuing. Uh-huh. Like, I hadn't even been in a studio or, like, wrote a song. I was, like, good at freestyling. I was that nigga who people used to come up to the school. And I can't freestyle for shit now. Now right. that I know how to write, it's right. weird. But oh, I was you're at, lucky because I was going to challenge you right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would have fucking demolished me. <laughs> but uh, I was that nigga who, like, niggas would come up to our school who yeah. thought they could rap. Right. And niggas would get me out of class and be like, Eat this nigga up. Yeah. Or like some BT the basement shit. Right. And I I was really good at ranking. Because uh-huh. I was I grew up around like Granny's house. It was like, you know, and in and out of like CPS and shit. Wait, it was ranking. Like, like pl- making fun of motherfuckers. Play, like roasting fools. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, great yeah. at roasting yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clowning niggas. Yeah. And uh I would what's battle rapping? Yeah, that's all I'll look is. at a nigga in thirty seconds and demolish his whole life. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. So uh what was the job that you had? Construction. Was this right out of high school? Yeah, maybe a, I took a year, floated yeah. around for a year, and then I I got hooked up with this job, and um, it was a great job yeah. for anybody but me. I got it through a family friend, you know, and uh, oh man, they were giving me bonuses. It was great money, but I felt like I was making more money doing illegal things mm. and I wasn't mm-hmm. but you know that two check you know how that money comes when you're yeah, working yeah when you around. have to wait for it and then you see taxes are getting taken out of it all of a sudden the, the cash only stuff seems more lucrative oh it seems so much better yeah. and I, I really didn't like uh, I got this thing about like don't yell at me uh-huh. like that's why I get in so many fights like if if you have an angry face uh-huh. and you're walking towards me, if you're gonna yell at me with an angry face, do it from over there. Right. But if you're have an angry face and you're walking towards me, as soon as you get within arm's reach, yeah, I'm gonna strike you. Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like why are you yelling at me? Yeah. Why is your face angry? Right. I'm scared. <laughs> right, right. Where's that come from? Oh man, I don't. I I'm gonna know. I don't. Yeah. Um. My mom's really tough. Uh-huh. Like, my mom's... I've seen her whip niggas' asses, bitches' asses. My mom's r- really tough. And uh, I'm a quarter Irish. Uh-huh. So, you know, you always want to blame shit on them being Irish. <laughs> Why are you always drunk? Because I'm Irish, bitch. <laughs> Why are you always fighting? Bitch, because I'm Irish. <laughs> but I'm, like, barely Irish. But right, right. I drink Jameson and I fight sometimes. Right, right. Um, how long did you keep that job? Fuck, I want to say I held on to it for a minute. Mind you, they gave me so many chances. Uh-huh. Uh, the human resources lady was in love with me. Uh-huh. She was just like, I used to, she used to keep me in the office for hours. Like, they offered to pay for my therapy. Like, uh, what is that that white people go to? Therapists? Psychologists or yeah, something? Yeah, some shit like that. And they were like, you know, we'll, we'll pay for it. I'm like, no, you guys don't even know me. Right. I've been seeing a therapist since I was in second grade. Yeah, you talked about that. Like, you, you was that like state assigned? You had to go. What was that? What's that about? Well, 
when I was like in second grade, some weird lady used to come and take me out of class. And I didn't know what it was about. I uh-huh. wanted to stay in class with my friends. And she would take me and talk about my feelings mm-hmm. all by myself, you know? And I would, I'm like, I don't, I wanted to be in class, so I wouldn't tell her anything. Right. You know? I'm like, she's like, talk about my dad, talk about all this weird shit that obviously my mom or somebody was telling them, because how does a bitch know all this shit? Uh-huh. And I would just ignore her until she would leave me alone. But um, one day, she's walking me through the uh, hallway and this fucking kid, while she's walking me, and I'm telling this bitch, I don't have anger problems or nothing. Uh-huh. And this fucking kid, I still remember his name, Seth. Uh-huh. This nigga had little baby Chucky teeth. He just looked hella bad. His teeth were all sharp. Uh-huh. And uh, this nigga just walks past me. I don't even know what I did to that nigga, but he just walks past me while I'm with my anger management lady. And this nigga just spits on me. Oh, my God. She didn't That's, even, that's just, the worst thing someone can do. That's like the... That's... Ugh. She didn't see him spit on me. Mm. So she just turns around, and I I got this nigga halfway in the garbage can, and I'm just wailing on him. It's like fucking third grade. Mm. And then next thing I know, I'm in fucking therapy till I'm 18. <laughs> every week or every, like, how often? Uh, I want to say, so when I was in, took it away for those years um, in um, with my aunt, Yeah, I didn't have to see therapy. Um, I got a couple like little weird tests, uh-huh. like at weird places. Like, what color is this? Like, uh-huh. probably just trying to see if I was retarded or something. <laughs> and um, you're the most politically correct motherfucker. I, I am, right? <laughs> and I'm like, nigga, I know that's blue and that's green, whatever. Right, right. So they're like, ah, oh, nothing's wrong with him. We don't know why he's getting in trouble. Right. But once I got back with my mom, yeah, I had to go to like Seattle Mental Health. Okay. Like once a week. And it was, and I had to miss like football practice for that. And there's like crazy people in there, like fucking drooling on themselves and crazy. The people that you're having to talk to, they're like uh, social workers and shit like that. That like, did they hate their jobs? Like, or, or like, you know what I mean? Were they good people to talk to or did, did you like it? I didn't want to talk. Yeah. See, my whole thing about that growing up was. I knew I had problems, and I knew, like, life was fucked up. Yeah. But if you leave me the fuck alone, I'll be happy. Right. Because I'm still having fun, and I'm able to laugh at this shit. So I'm like, I don't want to talk about this shit. Right. So you want—I you want, would leave those sessions angry. Because mm. they're like, well, you have all these problems. Right. So and it's I'm like, like the bitch, shit, stop telling me that. It's like the shit that you're going in for them to try and help is actually making it worse. Is yeah. Something? Right. So I, I would just turn off. Yeah. You know, I'd just sit there for an hour. One word answers. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, I don't want to talk to you, you know? And you had to do that every week till you were 18? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. And then I turned 18, and they were like, you know, you got the option of staying. You know, we we suggest you keep coming because you you haven't told us anything in 10 years, and we know you're fucked <laughs> up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. As soon as they told me, I did like, it even got so bad that I was, like, my last year, they would come to my house. Because uh, I'm like, now I'm getting older. I'm like, man, I'm not fucking going all the way over there. So they're like, okay, we'll have someone come to you. Yeah. And then, so they gave me this dude, and I would, I feel bad. I would just make up anything about this dude. Oh, shit. I'd call them back. I'm like, yo, he was looking at me funny. Hey, man, he was flirting with me. Oh, I would shit. say anything I could say. Yeah. I went through like four or five therapists. Ugh. 
but it was really just me not wanting to talk about my feelings. Right, right. And so, okay, so then fast forward, you're at the construction place. They're saying like, yo, we'll pay for a psychologist. And you're like, man, fuck psychology. I've already tried that shit. It's not for me. And now I want one more than ever. Right now you do? Now I'm grown. I'm like, fuck. So I wish somebody would pay for my psychology. Hey, free psychiatrist. Like, free psychologist would be great, man. I was fucking retarded. A lot but, of, a lot of uh, health insurance does not cover that shit. But at the time, I just want to be a normal person normal kid right i don't want to talk and about now as a shit. more mature adult you see that that could be like a path to nor- normalcy maybe May- like, or at least maybe at least uh, Did they put you on antidepressants or anything like that or like they tried yeah um the thing with me and my mom is that my mom's still a hippie and shit yeah so we're we're i mean i do shit for fun mm-hmm. recreation don't give me anything that i have to take right you know right exactly uh because I, I feel like, and I understand that that helps a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so, but my, 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 my thing is, if this is how I'm feeling, this is how I'm feeling. Right. I, I need to feel this way. You fear like getting leveled off, maybe. I don't want to be happy if that pill makes me happy. Yeah. Well, what's happening to my, my unhappiness? Right. That's not making me deal with it any better. Right. So it's like, I mean, I'm self-medicated, but I'm like, if that pill is going to make me happy, then I'm just going to be miserable motherfucker without right, it. Right, I'll right. just be myself. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My whole life, I've always kind of felt that way, too. Of Like, I don't want to I, I don't want to um, have this false um, feel good in me, I guess. Or like and like I worry about that, like, oh, I, I'm worried about my emotions leveling off or something. And and then I've read a bunch of like studies and new shit where I'm like, oh, Maybe I, I'm like, maybe I'm wrong about that. And I kind of want to try to see what it's about just because I've been talking to people who have gotten on them and who are like, you I used to feel how you felt. And I'm like so hyped that I'm on these fucking antidepressants now. So I don't know. Yo, I have a, I have a friend, a homegirl I've known like my whole life, 20, yeah. 20 plus years. And uh, she, you know, she comes from a good family. Yeah. Like they they got, you know, probably close to millionaires, you know? Yeah, right. And um, just a nice, wealthy, two-parent, everything's right in her life. Right, right, From my end. You know, she went to college, you know. And uh, I'm talking to her like a week ago, and she's like, she's like, yeah, I got on um, antidepressants. And I start talking shit immediately. Right. And she starts crying like a little bit. And she's like, you don't even know. Like, she's like, I was suicidal, but nothing is wrong with her life from... I would, you know, for right, my it's end. like that. Yeah, everything's uh, everything's uh, great, but yet I feel so terrible, type of shit. Yeah, but yeah. you gotta understand, I've been dealing with so much fucked up shit at a young age, yeah. and now I'm I can cope with it. And there's people who had smooth lives, yeah. and something small happens, and, and it, they, they can't deal. So it's like every don't knock what that motherfucker can't cope with, right? Because my serious shit, yeah, can be just is as heavy on you know yeah. your your little shit that i think is nothing it might affect you more than some serious shit affects me yeah right so I, that just showed me like a lot about that depression shit so i'm like hey if that shit makes you feel better whatever like, it takes why man. are you right. thinking about killing yourself oh, right. that's crazy to me you yeah, know yeah yeah so it's like um i'm like you're fine like let one of these dumb rich niggas marry you and <laughs> fucking take all their money or something but you never know what somebody else is going through so yeah, I, I can't knock the shit right right okay so let's see we're we're at the part 
uh, where you got a job, and it's the Fuck last. Jo- it's the last job you ever had. So, like, what happens? Do you get fired? Do you, you quit? What, what do you do? Yeah, I got fired. I got fired. Um, I was always trying to fight everybody at work. Uh, I didn't understand. Like, so like where I'm coming from, if you yell at me, it means you want to fight me. Yeah. I didn't know niggas could talk crazy to you just because they had a job longer than you. Right. So it's like, nigga, that, you can't beat me up. authority shit. You're the weakest nigga. You get no pussy. <laughs> right. But you filled out this application before me. Right. So now you're so the, the man until we clock says, out. Right. I wasn't hearing that chain of command shit. Right. Yo, it, it, and I just have authority problems. So like, I worked in, it was a construction supply spot. So, uh, so during the day, it's like an office and shit, but I'm, I'm in the warehouse. So they go home, and I'm still working, getting shit ready for the morning. Right. So I, one day I called this bitch up, and uh, during my last break, everyone else is gone. I'm, I'm in here with the fucking, in the trenches. Uh-huh. And uh, I sneak this bitch in, and I go in my, my boss, like the fucking owner in this office, and I fucked this bitch on his <laughs> desk. And I was in that same office getting cussed out earlier oh my for goodness. some dumb shit I did. Yeah. So I'm like, nah. I, I had all the other niggas, you know, uh-huh. uh, other niggas that work with me listening. I'm uh-huh. like, nigga, I'm leaving the fuck on this nigga's desk. Because he always <laughs> left his office unlocked. Soon as enough break came, I had the thought come straight on, tattooed, red hair, hood rat. <laughs> I fucked that bitch on that nigga's desk with his little fucking family picture looking at me. Oh I'm talking about her bare butt was like where he puts his lunch. And then after that, I just didn't care what he said to me. I just yeah. go and get called in the office and cussed out. I'm in there trying not to laugh. I'm like, yo, and that bitch is bare pussy all over your fucking chair, nigga. <laughs> What do you do after you after you get shit canned from there? Like, how long is the journey from that to beginning the Nacho Picasso rap career? <sighs> like five years, dude. I floated. Really? What were you doing? Oh, and whatever I had to do, I was like, I was like Oliver Twist with the little orphan boy. Yeah, I was doing. I was doing everything, man. Um, without incriminating myself, I was doing everything to anything to get a dollar. Where were you staying at? Oh, Are you I, still at mom's house? Oh, fuck no. I moved out of uh, mom's house the day I turned 18. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yo, this is where we go our separate ways, woman. Huh. But, um, no, I had houses and shit, you know. I always, I had enough money to pay little rents and, you know, little little chicks would keep me afloat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I moved a little bit of shit around. Right. You know, who had, you know, just the regular, uh, supply and demand, import, export, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm always around everybody, you know, everybody right. knows me. Yeah, well, yeah. Why not? Right. And then, but you stayed out of trouble and never had to go to jail or anything like that. Oh man. I went, of course I went to jail. Oh shit. But I, I, I always, you know, once some cuffs are on you, shut the fuck up. Right. Once some cuffs are off you, they're not coming off, nigga. Your fight's in court. Uh-huh. Lawyer up. Uh-huh. I was in fucking trials for like years. Year, two year trial. Beat that. Really? Fucking get in some other stupid trouble. I'm not no take the plea ass nigga. Yeah. I know my rights. So you lawyer up and then, and then. And then uh, your fight's in court. It, but you get bailed out, and so you're out on the streets all the time during your I didn't start. I didn't start bailing out. Well, yeah, you, well, uh, you get PR'd. Oh, okay. I didn't start bailing out till I got old. Uh-huh. I used to be able to just sleep sleep it off. Uh-huh. You know, I go to jail, sleep for three days, 
trade trade a couple cookies for some extra juice. You know, you know, just regular shit. Make yeah. some dominoes out the paper in the county. But uh, yeah, I knew my fight was in. Once I had the cuffs on, shut the fuck up. My fights, my fights in the courtroom. Right. So uh, I never luckily had to do a long stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I stopped doing all the legal activities. Um, <laughs> look at me, all the legal activities. <laughs> so I, uh, I stopped selling dope and mm-hmm. shit a mm-hmm. long time ago. Mm-hmm. So about when Lord of the Fly came out, maybe 2011. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I'd never go to jail again. I said, this is great. I'm never going to have to wake up in the county jail again. Man, I started going for disturbing the peace, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, obstructing justice, talking shit to the... I was just drunk and dumb. Uh, I even went to jail for peeing in an alley once. Oh, man. I got, a, I got a ticket for that one time. I have to go to jail, though, but it was the most expensive piss ever. 200 bucks. I was going to get a ticket, but then I I started talking shit because the officer called that backup. <sighs> yeah. And I'm laughing. And right. I'm like, nigga... So the backup comes, and he's like, what'd you need backup for? I don't got no gun, no drugs, or nothing on me. Yeah. And then I was like... I was like, he saw my dick and had to call back him. <laughs> so the the other cop laughed. Yeah. So the cop who called back up walks up and puts his face on my face. Oh gosh. You know, and I I you see. Well, you that's see, already like a bad trigger for you. It seems you like. see these scars on my yeah, face. Yeah. They all come from the SPD. I don't give a fuck. Oh, ain't shit. no nigga ever beat me up worse than the police. But I I ain't dumb. So this dude's got his forehead on my forehead, and I know if I even push back. Oh yeah, anything. Come That's on. That's assault. Yeah. So I'm just laughing. I'm like, dude, I'm not. You're not about to bait me. Yeah. And I'm looking at the other officer. I'm like, dog, this nigga saw my dick and called back up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm I'm flaky. Yeah. So like, even just like that little ticket for peeing uh-huh. turned into a warrant oh, right. turned into me having dope on me when they pick me up for the warrant right so that's just a whole so other fucking case yes right when do you get convinced or or have the desire to get into the studio the first time and start rapping because you started late started very late and niggas aren't understanding that i was only i didn't have any expectations and that's what keeps me so humble and happy now because uh-huh. it's kind of like a dream um I didn't expect for none of this shit to happen. I've never even had a computer in my life. Right. And I'm like popping on the the interweb. Right. You're out here. <laughs> never had a fucking computer, man. Right. I don't even that shit scares me. But um so like I just wanted to hear myself. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I come from Seattle and um shout out to Seattle. But at the time, you know, I started rapping in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. And um, at the time, the scene was Blue Scholars, Macklemore, um, a lot of OGs, uh, Grinch. But, like, the, the music in the scene was more positive. Super, very positive. Very positive. Yeah. Very, very positive. Yeah. Not even based posy. Like, yeah, yeah. just posy. It's like... Like, yeah, like lay your coat over a puddle for a bitch to walk, <laughs> you know? What, what did you say? Eat your vitamins? Eat your vitamins. <laughs> say your prayers. <laughs> So I was just... It's Hulk Hogan raps. Yeah, brother. And those niggas paved the way for, you know, everyone, you know, one hand washes the other. Right. They both wash the face. So that that was the scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, I didn't make the scene. Mm-hmm. I made the scene for niggas like me. Mm-hmm. Made a lane for that. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't no, like, a lot of black kids 
doing hip hop shows. Right. It just wasn't. Yeah. The venues wasn't fucking with you. Right. You know the the. You, the the shows weren't selling good. I knew a lot of niggas that could rap when I was growing up, like better than anybody. But there just wasn't an outlet for that. So uh, I made this little shit in my cousin. Is it because the city's like so predominantly white, or what? Like just cause, like it's basically like white rappers up there do real well. They do very well. Yeah. Well, also our our they're a different breed of white boys in Seattle because we're all kind of you know you could be a rich white boy. But you're going to bust it to the school in the hood because they have this great program that your parents want you in. Uh, so it's like it's it's like where we're not segregated. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you might be that kind of goofy band camp white boy, uh-huh. but you got niggas from the hood. You know, you got friends in Catholic schools. So we're all just kind of mixed. So right. our white boys, our white boys are kind of funky, man. Right, you know? right. Uh, you got Bill Clinton white boys. Yeah, we got a little <laughs> Bill Clintons running around with the saxophones and <laughs> goddamn it. Right. But um, so but yeah, it was it was, and I don't want to say it was it was primarily white, but it it wasn't just that. It was just like what that what the city wanted to hear at right, the time was right. like more like right. Doom, 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 doom. Well, so how does it how does it get to be? Here's just this dude with a desire to rap to like all of a sudden uh, making records with like Blue Sky Black Death who were, who were like really making a lot of noise with instrumental shit. Well, so um, my first album was Blunt Raps, wasn't yeah. mixed or mastered. I made it just to bump in the Elko, but it, it got a cult following uh-huh. fast because, uh-huh. like I said, nobody was telling you fuck your vitamins uh-huh. and uh, pee on that bitch. Nobody was <laughs> like yeah. nobody was saying that shit. So it was a breath of fresh air because right. there were kids like Bolo, BB Sun, Kinayata. You know, there were mm-hmm. there there were these kids that were already doing it, but there just wasn't nowhere to put it. Mm-hmm. So once I did it, it like woke up. We call it Dark Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like bringing more like that grunge shit back because the average motherfucker in Seattle is depressed and nobody likes nothing. Mm-hmm. So our music's very positive, but that wasn't a Proper representation. It's almost like you gotta make fucking positive music so you just don't feel shitty all the time or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And for me, I'm like, no, nigga, embrace your shittiness. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just it was a proper representation of Seattle, but not the Seattle that I was right. seeing. Right. So I came out with blunt raps, and then after that, do you start playing shows and shit around town after you put out blunt raps? Mm-mm. No. What happens then? I put it out. Somebody put it on the internet, and it just kind of floated around. I still didn't know how to perform. Yeah. I, well, that's what I was going to ask, because that's the part that really takes the longest. It's pretty... It, you can become a decent studio rapper pretty quick. Rapping on stage is, a, is like a, an art form all in, in, in and of itself. It is. Yeah. And that's my favorite part now. Yeah. And that was my weakest part. Yeah. You know? I had to learn all that shit. So, like, once I realized niggas liked me, I was like, okay, I got to do shows. I went up on stage, fucking froze up, forgot everything. Uh-huh had nightmares about it for like months. I'm like, maybe it's just not for me. Mm. And then uh, ever since then, I've just killed every fucking show. Like, mm. I just get really high and drunk mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. fuck shit up. But uh, BSBD really put me on in a major way, honestly, because that was when I got my first outside of Seattle press. Yeah, how, did the, how does that happen? Like, did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Is this... Even though you're in like a different lane, were you still in the scene where you were like at shows and people knew who you were? Yeah, and yeah, shit? yeah. 
I was at shows, you know what I'm saying? Because um, it can't be a huge scene. It's got to be a pretty small scene. Well, man. it's a huge scene, but everybody Knows fucks with other. everybody. Yeah, right. you know? So like a lot of my fans, I know if I go to a Dave B show or a Thrax House show, yeah. they're nacho, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right. if you support Seattle hip hop, you support Seattle. Like we're very we we're very supportive of our Absolutely. own. Absolutely. That's how I always say that. You Seattle know? like really supports its own for like, sure. Very supportive of our own. Yeah. So uh I was actually fucking around with BSBD on just some cool shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a hot tub. Mm-hmm. And uh I would call them one in the morning, like, yo, I got some some coke and some drink and some bitches fire up that hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's perfect. So uh like we didn't even talk about rap, yeah. Because at the point I wasn't really a rapper, yeah. I knew that they and they were kind of out of rap yeah. at the point. They were on their big on their instrumentals. Yeah, they were doing like big like epic instrumental rap, and they'd already shit. worked with a lot of rappers like Gene Gray and them prior, yeah, right. and they were just kind of like on their own instrumental shit. And uh, I kind of got them back into rap, and they got me into music. Period. You know. Yeah. So it's like. We it started off with a remix. I had this song called Benjamin Siegel uh-huh. on Blunt Raps, and a Kingston shout out to Kingston Young God BSBD. Kingston's like, "Yo, let us remix this." I said, "Fuck, what, what do you need?" So they they remix it, and then that turned we, the remix is filthy, and they're like, uh, "Yo, we should do an original song." Uh-huh. We did an original song on the Humbug. They said, "Yo, let's do a project." Mm-hmm. We do a project. I remember specifically the night before we uploaded it fucking Kingston's like yeah Seattle's gonna sleep on this we felt like nobody was even gonna pay attention to it mm-hmm. we woke up motherfucking pitchfork yeah God that's a, that was the shit that I like found out about through St- stereo gum all yeah, that cause that shit. was the whole shit is like it seemed like such, such a, a new juxtaposition because they were known for this one thing and then here you were doing something else on it you know and I don't even, like, they literally had to show me, like, yeah. this is what this means. And I'm like, man, all I know is World Star and motherfucking Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, like, national press. Yeah. Like, people really liked what we were doing because it was different than what everybody was doing. Uh-huh. And mind you, I wasn't that great of a rapper. I was a good writer. Yeah. And I was clever. But well, you got a big personality, though, too. Well, that's just because that's who I was. Because, right. like, mind you, I made my but first album fe- just that to shit, hear it. It, sh- it shows through in the music. Like the per- I mean, dude, as much as some people that love rap music want to talk about lyrical skill or, like, whatever, this and that, like, the two biggest things that shine through and make a rapper appealing to me are, like, charisma and voice. And those are two things that you have in, in droves, you know? So Thank you, man. So you have a good voice and, you- and-, and the personality, like, shines way the fuck through. That's love. Yeah, for sure. So the shit just fucking kind of blew up, right? And I and I, you know, highs and lows. Yeah, absolutely. Know? It's all it's a grind and it's a hustle and it's just like anything else. Well, what and, fuck, and it ebbs and flows. What fucks you up is like I came in with no expectations, right? So then the shit starts popping. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm getting calls for shows and you know weird little shit. And uh, I made Forbes list in of like what? 2000. What's uh, that mean? They they they, they did top 100 best free albums oh no shit. not just rap albums yeah albums period for yeah, the whole yeah, year yeah. and i'm number four really the one is that the one where you're like uh crucified i want to say yeah. it was exalted yeah exalted there you go so um 
my mom doesn't even read the article. My mom's out here thugging it in Oakland. Yeah. And she just sees Forbes list. Yeah. Starts demanding all this money. I said, yo, <laughs> you, you, you read the article? Yeah. This is the one thing that ain't about money on Forbes. <laughs> I might be number four, but that don't mean yeah. shit. Yeah. So, um, like, all this shit's happening. So then other people who never cared about my music, who doubted me, who never cared about anything I did. Mm-hmm. Now they have expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. Since this is happening, you should be here. Oh, yeah, everybody's got advice when things start going good. It's like, motherfucker, why aren't you giving me advice when things sucked? Nigga. Yeah. I was happy just, I was happy just seeing my name in a magazine. Right. It's a true story, bro, because they already made me stop selling dope. I, first time I was in XXL, my nigga calls me from New York. He's like, Nacho, nigga, you're in XXL, editor's choice. So I go, and we're in Seattle. We're a little slower. Yeah. So I, I'm like, what page? I, I go to Barnes & Nobles, flip through. I, we got the old one still. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not even in it. I'm like, nigga, you're <laughs> good fucking with me, boy. A couple days later, the shit comes out. The new one comes out, yeah. And I had to steal that motherfucker. I ain't yeah. had no money. Right, right. I said, yo, I'm already... And I don't steal. I do everything illegal, but steal. That's just one thing I've just never been good at. Yeah. It just doesn't sit well with me. Right. Stealing and lying. I'm not too good at those two things. I'm a dishonorable motherfucker, but I ain't a good stealer and I ain't a good liar. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm read, see myself in the magazine. So I'm like, all right, I'm already psyching myself out to get caught. But I'm like, if I get caught, I'm about to flip through this page <laughs> and be like, nigga, this is me, man. Yeah. You got to let me steal this. Right, right. I straight stole that shit. I think I stole two copies. That's funny. I feel bad. I'm going to have to go back to that store and give them some money. You just put out, you just put out some new shit, right? In June? I dropped three albums this year so far. Okay, so you got, it was what, Blunt Raps 2? That was the last shit I dropped. Yeah. That- and that was just for the five-year anniversary of my first shit that I did in right. the... In the a uh, little fucking closet right. with no mixing or mastering. Right. So uh, most niggas haven't heard Blunt Raps. Work. So that's like a mixtape. Basically, Blunt yeah. Raps Two is a mixtape, and then but you put the the album out before that, right? In like fe- February. In now? the beginning of the year, we dropped me and Blue Sky Black Death dropped our fourth fourth album. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that and that, uh we dropped our fourth album. What's it called? That's what I was just about to ask you. Man. I was, I was like gonna have to Google it. That's uh, the one Stone that, in the Th- Stone. Was it Stone in the Throne? Yes. Yeah, it was Stone in the Throne. That's the one that I've heard the most. That's a, I, I like that record a lot. And my, so if my you're favorite is Exalted. This, Exalted is it, yeah. Exalted is great. And like I said, that Exalted is the one that I got put onto you by. And that was the first one where niggas like Stone in the Throne <laughs> is the one that I've listened to the most. And and. Like I told you, money is my jam. I that's like on my gym mix and shit. Come on, yeah. So anyway, uh, what's next? You're going on tour now. Yeah, with uh, Prof. Shout out to Prof. Shout out to Rhyme Sayers. Um, I've done a lot of shows. Yeah, but I've never been on tour. You do a lot. Like you do a lot of Seattle shows. You end up doing spot dates in other states or anything. I'm a, like that? I'm a spot date nigga. Yeah, same. And you 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 send me a uh, you send me a. An amount of money, and that's all I look at. Right, right. How much? Oh yeah, I'll right. go. I'll go there. Right, exactly. And I'll kill the shit. Like I'm actually a great performer, not to toot my own horn, but that's the funnest. So part. this is gonna be your first tour. Yeah. Are you ready for it? You think you're gonna like it? Yeah, getting paid. What's not to like? I don't like traveling that. Well, I don't like touring that much. I don't like being away from home for that long. I hate home. Really? No, that's good. That's why I'm like out it. here right now. You'll love it. Fucking hide. I hate home. There you go. Uh, you guys go out in October, right? Or th- this month, October 28th? Damn, it is October. Huh? How long are you going to be out on the road? 
think we got 20, 20 dates in 30 days. 20 dates in a month. So therefore, if you are listening still at this point, then you know that the the logical thing would be that he's going to be in a city near you some point uh, in October or November. October to November, man. Please, even if it's not your city. Drive. Yeah, it's so worth it. I'm going to fall down because I'm, I'm clumsy. I'm going to get tangled up in my cord. I, I'm going to forget a majority of my lyrics. It's just it's just a <laughs> shit show. Hey, I'm the best air. I'm going to put this out now. I'm the best air humper in the game. Don't nobody hump the air like me. Hey, comedians are stool fuckers and you're an air humper. I'm the notice? fucking king of air humping. That's funny. You, are you a mic stand humper? You could get into that. Well, I start out with the mic stand. I come yeah. out like I'm a, like, you know, I'm a Slow old, old school. It. I I do the more like uh, look away yeah. James Brown oh, Prince type yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, by the second song, I don't even know where my mic stands at. <laughs> I'm a fuck. I'll, I'll if they're not feeling it, I'll hop in the crowd and do my yeah. whole set, shoulder bumping niggas. Man, I, I hopped off the stage a couple months ago, and they were feeling it. But I just, you know, there's different crowds. I like the crowds that are just pushing everybody. And, right. Not you know the people who are just staring at you, they're still feeling it. Yeah, but I forget that sometimes. Right. I mean, I hopped off the stage and I slapped like four niggas' drinks out their hand. <laughs> I kicked this bitch's little little whatever yeah. she had, pop, and just turned it into a mosh pit. I will say the one thing uh, when you're touring as an uh, as the opener. The thing to remember is that people that are standing still and not reacting, they're they're it's it's not as disrespectful as it seems because yeah, sometimes you're watching, you're like these motherfuckers, they aren't feeling it, like yeah. fuck you. But then you realize, like, oh wait, they're actually like trying to learn about me and listen, so that they're gonna come buy my CD afterwards. And in their defense, I'm kind of uh, hypnotic. Yeah, I kind of get like the bitches will just be looking like <laughs> like they're in a trance. You know, you could like. She's looking like she's getting brainwashed. So I'm like over here like, this bitch ain't feeling it. But really, she's like thinking about having my babies <laughs> and like what our life is going to be like together. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So, hey, fuck, man. Thanks for coming through. Man, thanks for this fucking was having me, This man. is dope. And uh, if you guys are listening, go catch him in a city uh, near you soon. City you can, near you. So let's tell them where to find you because you have Twitter and you have all those things, the okay. website. So let's let's plug the websites. All right, let's see. I have Nacho Picasso Twitter. Spelled just kind of like Nacho and A-C-H-O Picasso. Yeah. I'm sure his family's going to be beefing about that one day. Um, Nacho Picasso Instagram. Yeah. Some fuck nigga stole my name. Nacho Picasso uh, motherfucking what is that shit that all the kids are doing? Oh, Snapchat. And he's getting titties and pussy. Oh, and this nigga DM'd me on Twitter and some fucking white kid in he Arizona. To, he's trying to sell it to you? No, oh. he's bragging about all the pussy he's getting. <laughs> I said, man, you probably need it more than I do, dog. I get pussy you in real life. need it more than I do. So you're not on Snapchat then? Nah, it's not really me. But send that little nigga some pussy because he, <laughs> he fucking, fucking needs it. He needs it. Um, I got a Nacho Picasso Bandcamp. I yeah. got a lot of music up all, there for all free. All the albums are up there streaming. You guys can go peep them out. I'm on iTunes and all that yeah. shit. I don't know the internet. Yeah. I'm it's on Spot everything. You're on Spotify. You're on all that stuff. Nacho Picasso is a very easily Googleable name. <laughs> I, I feel like the SEO on that is strong. So uh, that being said, man, thank you for coming in. This was dope. Thank you for I, having me, had a good me, time kicking man. it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys, you're gonna perform tonight, yeah? Fuck yeah! Okay, so we we don't know, we haven't decided which song yet, but he's gonna perform. So you guys can check him out on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Neat. That being said, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. 
and you can find me at It's Intuition on Twitter. My man, Ben Shim, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery. Yeah, at yeah. I am database, base with two S's. It's Ben's birthday. Let's give it up. It's, happy birthday, Happy birthday, Ben. ben. Uh, so that makes it official that we've done a podcast on both of our birthdays this year because on my birthday we did one and on Ben's birthday we've done one so we're out here really trying to work uh, what else facebook.com slash kind of neat youtube.com slash kind of neat uh, twitter.com slash at kind of neat I guess yeah whatever and everything wrapped up in a pretty package on kind of neat.net like I said my name's Lee that was Nacho this was kind of neat man thank you so much very neat <laughs> <Bang. laughs>